Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Today's podcast is sponsored by SLI Systems, providers of intelligent site search and navigation solutions. Learn more at sli-systems.com and listen to their interviews at ecommercepodcast.com. Welcome to the e-commerce conversation with Pat Callahan a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. And now let's move right on over to Pat to see who he has queued up for this week's interview. Welcome to e-commerce conversations. I'm Pat Callahan and today I am joined by Toffer Winslow. Hey Pat. How's it going Toffer? It's all good here in New England. How are things with you? It's pretty good. Uh, pretty cold in Colorado. Probably. I'll be willing to trade you. It's, uh, it's about 12 degrees here today, and we've got about two feet of snow on the ground. Yeah, it's a little warmer here. I think we're supposed to hit uh, high 30s today. I'll definitely trade you. <laughs> Toffer is with Choice Stream, and he is the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing. And the reason Toffer has been nice enough to join us today for this podcast is Choice Stream recently released a survey titled the 2007 Choice Stream Personalization Survey. But Toffer, before we jump into the survey, why don't you just give us a little, little bit of background about what Choice Stream does? Sure thing. Well, ChoiceStream is a seven-year-old company that's in the business of helping our customers deliver a more personalized experience to their consumers. One of the most obvious ways in which we do that is making uh, recommendations of media or products that consumers would be interested uh, in uh, in consuming. And some of our largest customers are uh, some of the big names in uh, the media and entertainment and retail space, including folks like DirecTV, Star, AT&T, Comcast, uh, Blockbuster Video, uh, Overstock, Borders Books, all those, all those folks. Throughout the year, how often do you guys conduct surveys? This is the fourth time that we've done this survey. We've done it once a year for the last four years, and uh, we ask a consistent set of core questions every year so that we get some good trending data, and then we ask some new questions every year to try and tap into some, uh, some interesting new themes that we see emerging in the marketplace. I don't know how the general public feels about surveys, but... And I don't know if I should admit this, but I love surveys. My uh, my entire graduate work, uh, when I got my master's, was largely based on doing a, doing a ton of surveys and and working in social science and and trying to figure out ways that we could determine behavior more than anything. And ever since then, I've really uh, I've really enjoyed looking at them, taking part in them, reading them whenever possible. Well, this survey, I think, was constructed very much in that, in that spirit. 
um, you know, for us, uh, it's important to be able to try and quantify for uh, for our customers the impact uh, the personalization can have on their business. And by getting out there and talking directly to a statistically significant sample of uh, consumers out there and asking them how personalization shapes their online buying habits, uh, it's a great way to try and bring some, uh, some more science to what is otherwise a, a contest of opinions. I think another thing that surveys can do for you is we work in a field that is constantly changing. Uh, what worked a month ago, what worked a year ago, may not necessarily work in 2008 or 2009. I think that's another another great thing about surveys. But that's enough about me and my uh, affinity for surveys, I think. I think we've covered it. Let's start with the survey, and let's start with the sample. How many respondents were included? So we surveyed... 811 adult internet users, 95% of which have made at least one online purchase within the last six months. These were all U.S.-based consumers, uh, and we asked them some simple demographic questions, including their age, uh, or the, the age range that they fell into, uh, gender, and the extent to which they make online purchasing decisions. Okay. If you would, please, let's jump right into the highlights, in your opinion. Of, of what you guys found out. Absolutely. So I think what we found was that, or what the survey found, was that more than almost half of online shoppers are more likely to shop at sites that provide them with personalized recommendations. So I think what this says is really that personalized recommendations are really becoming table stakes in the, the world of e-commerce. I think it's particularly important when you start looking at uh, how that behavior changes uh, when you cross-tab it with the amount that consumers spend online. The highest spending consumers uh, that we surveyed, folks who spend more than a thousand bucks online over the last six months, are dramatically more likely uh, than uh, lower spending consumers to shop at sites without personalized recommendations. Sixty-nine percent of consumers who spent more than a thousand bucks online over the last six months are more likely to shop at sites with personalized recommendations than those without them. For consumers who spent $100 or less, that number falls to 41. So that's a very substantial difference uh, uh, about uh, the higher spending consumers' affinity for shopping at sites with personalized recommendations. What we also found was that uh, having good personalized recommendations not only impacts how much, how, how more likely consumers are to shop at a particular site, but how likely they are to return. We found that 56% of consumers are more likely to return to sites that provide personalized shopping recommendations. And again, there's a strong correlation between the spending uh, and the desire for personalized recommendations. 71% of the biggest spenders indicated they're more likely to return to personalized sites than to non-personalized ones while 49% of the smaller spenders made a similar claim. The other big finding uh, that we found in the survey, uh, and this may be a little different than conventional wisdom, was about the impact that bad recommendations have and just how pervasive bad recommendations are. I think some retailers think that you know, recommendations are a tick box uh, to be checked, and once they've got that capability, they don't need to be really attentive to it. Well, what we found was that Almost half the consumers that we surveyed, fully 46%, reported that they're receiving personalized recommendations that actually are 
a poor match based on their taste and interest. The common reasons that they cited were that they're you know, a site that sold them a product keeps recommending the same product to them, uh, or that they're just inappropriate uh, for uh, for who they are. You know, for example, evening bags being recommended to uh, to male shoppers. Yeah, I think the important thing to understand here is that poor quality recommendations may actually be more dangerous than no recommendations at all. We found that uh, there's a significant negative impact uh, on a user's willingness to return to a site that serves them up poor recommendations. 39% of consumers are less willing to return to a site that provides them with poor quality recommendations, and 35% are less willing to buy products from those sites serving them up bad recommendations. And that's a big, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. I guess the, the last finding uh, that's worth sharing with your audience would be that uh, Retailers we see are leaving money on the table by not helping their consumers discover merchandise they would like in a quick and efficient way. We asked many, uh, we asked the consumers who we surveyed uh, whether they would have bought more of certain categories of, of products or merchandise if they'd been able to find it quickly. And we found uh, that in the realm of uh, buying music online, 37% of music shoppers told us they would have bought more if they could have found more that they had liked. 42% of people who consume video online said they would have done the same, they would have bought more if they could have found it more easily. And 57% of people who are shopping for uh, mobile uh, mobile things like ringtones or, or music or other content for their mobile device uh, would have bought uh, bought more if they could find it easily. And I think that high number on the mobile device front is particularly indicative of some of the challenges around getting uh, recommendations to users on a mobile phone. Given that you've got such limited screen real estate to work with, you've got to be really judicious in serving up highly actionable things to users because the browsing experience for most users these days is still uh, still not one that really facilitates uh, spending a lot of time in browsing and discovering things. So putting the right recommendations in front of the right users uh, that they can act on uh, is particularly important uh, for mobile users given the constraints of the devices that they're browsing on. Those really were the, 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 the big findings about the uh, impact that uh, good recommendation or that recommendations have on encouraging uh, the likelihood of shoppers to go to a site and to return to the site, the serious negative impact that poor quality recommendations have, and uh, how retailers are leaving money on the table by not helping their consumers quickly and effectively find things that they'd like to buy. Okay. I have a question. Is there anything in the survey that surprised you? Yeah, I guess um, one of the things that surprised me was the extent to which these poor quality recommendations uh, can change a user shopping pattern. You know, we've at ChoiceStream, you know, we we spend a lot of time helping uh, our our customers figure out how to put the most actionable, best recommendation in front of a user at the right time, so that they'll be likely to act on it. But the fact that poor quality recommendations really have such a negative impact on users, um, you know, causing you know, 39% of consumers, you know, four, and, uh, four out of 10, uh, being less willing to return to a site that gives them a poor quality recommendation, one out of three of those, one out of three users being less willing to buy products from those sites, I think it just shows how important good recommendations are to building that foundation of trust uh, and establishing a, a long-term relationship with a customer. And I think in, in this day and age, online retailers who treat customers generically uh, are, are, are asking for uh, asking for some serious trouble. One other finding that may have been a bit of a surprise uh, was around consumers' uh, willingness to pay 
uh, attention to personalized advertising. We we asked and found that uh, a third of all the respondents, uh, sorry, more than a third, 41%, said they'd be willing to pay more attention to advertising if it was uh, better personalized based on their tastes and interests. And I think that uh, is an important thing for online retailers uh, to consider uh, as they're uh, as they're contemplating their advertising strategy. So the one size fits all, you know, blanket carpet bomb advertising type approach uh, is increasingly less effective, and the need to target ads uh, and personalize uh, both the ad and the delivery of the ad to users based on their own unique tastes and preferences uh, is increasingly important. Well said. And that leads me into my next question, which you've already covered part of. I was curious if there were certain attributes that make up good personalized product recommendations. Yeah, I think a good recommendation in the online world has many of the same characteristics that a good recommendation in the offline world has. I mean, just imagine sort of you're out for out for dinner uh, and you want a, a recommendation from a, a long, complex wine list. Maybe maybe you're not you don't know that much about wine. Well, a good recommendation is going to come from uh, a wine steward who knows knows his or her products really well. You know, they know the the grapes, they know where they are grown, they know the chateaus, they know the different manufacturing process, they know the product cold. That's, that's essential for any good salesperson or, or recommender. It's also important, though, that the, the, the person uh, in this analogy making the recommendation uh, knows something about you as the customer, sort of what your general tastes and interests are. And the last thing needed to make a really good recommendation is they have to understand the context into which the recommendation is being made. Yeah, and the, using this wine steward analogy, you wouldn't make the same recommendation for uh, uh, for, for a, a, someone on their uh, on, the, on their 25th wedding anniversary as you would on a quick dinner before the. Uh, before the theater on a, on a Wednesday night. And so understanding the context into which you're making the recommendation also has uh, an important determinant on exactly what you recommend. And the intersection of those three things, deep knowledge of the product, deep knowledge of the user, and a good understanding of the context into which you're making the recommendation are the essential ingredients for, uh, for putting a, uh, a recommendation in front of somebody that is, uh, they're likely to act on and, and trust. Okay. Last question for you. Any advice or how would you recommend taking this information in the survey and applying it to a small to mid-sized business? Uh, that's generally who we are targeted to, who our magazine is targeted to, but maybe just a place to start, you know, seeing the information in the survey. Yeah, I'd say my, my, my advice would maybe fall into two categories. So for um, businesses that um, are, are selling online and have already implemented some sort of uh, recommendation uh, or personalization capability uh, for their consumers. Take a hard look at that cap capability. Are you sure that you're consistently serving up the right right kinds of recommendations? Are you measuring the kind of impact they're having? And are you confident that you're, uh, you're getting a good return on your investment? Remember that the impact of bad quality recommendations is not just a lost sale on, on for a particular session. Uh, it's the potential for a lost customer uh, and the, the lifetime value that that customer represents. So think of recommendations as a strategic way of differentiating your online service and take a critical look at what you've already implemented. For, uh, for you know, small and medium-sized businesses who haven't implemented any sort of personalized recommendations uh, on their online presence, uh, I don't think they, you need to think that uh, you're, you're too small uh, and that these kind of solutions are too large and too complex. There are uh, you know, folks like, like Choice 
mainstream who have, are making this kind of capability available to our consumers or to our, to our customers uh, as a hosted service that you can literally sort of pay for as you go and get into uh, a model where you really only pay for performance. So if you're you know, selling you know, online merchandise, uh, you only pay for uh, recommendations that result in actual sales. So the financial commitment needed to get up and running uh, can be uh, can be be pretty modest for uh, for small retailers. So you shouldn't think that uh, this is only for the only for the big boys. It's uh, there, there are solutions that can solve this kind of uh, personalization and recommendation challenge for all sorts of players in the market. Great ideas and great advice. Glad to glad glad to help. Thanks for the opportunity to talk. You bet. And that was Topper Winslow. Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at ChoiceStream, and you can find ChoiceStream online at choicestream.com. ChoiceStream is all one word. Toffer, I really want to thank you for your time. I know this is an incredibly busy time of year for everybody, and I know everyone's time is valuable. What I would like to do definitely is have you back on again soon, uh, maybe within the next month or so, and and delve a little bit deeper in, into, into a lot of this. That'd be great. I'd love the opportunity to do that. Thanks, Pat. You bet. And uh, thanks for your time, and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and your listeners, too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation with Pat Callahan. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for another new episode to find out who Pat will be speaking with.